Hey, everybody. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Doug Robertson. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. And last night, Atlanta demolished Portland 5-1 at Mercedes-Benz Stadium to continue its best start in franchise history with three wins, no losses, and one draw. In this podcast, you're going to hear from manager Gonzalo Pineda and Diego Almada, the star of the game with yet another world-class goal. I'm going to answer some of your questions about the team, but first let's get into the game uh, just quickly before we go into the sound bites. So we all thought that Portland was going to bunker in this game because they had, I think, eight players out, but Portland came and tried to play and they scored a goal early. They got called back and we'll get into that in just a little bit, but then Atlanta answered with goals from Caleb Wiley, his third in two games. Diego Almada with that 35-yard free kick that traveled, I calculated it, almost 36 miles an hour. Yorgos Yakamakis gets on the board with his very first goal and his very first start. Luis Arjujo made up for a bad miss in the first half with a good goal in the second half. And then Diego Almada with kind of an oopsie goal in the 86th minute. Portland got one back uh, from Akoba in the 83rd minute, but by then it was too little too late. We'll get into the stats in just a second, right before we listen to the sound bites. And Atlanta United is going to play at Columbus next week. It's got several players missing, and we're going to get into that in the mailbag. And if this is your first time listening to us, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. So last year, I said, I don't know how many times, and some of y'all didn't believe me or didn't want to believe me, and I understand because you were mad, that injuries, all the injuries this team suffered, more than 20 injuries that took players away for at least two games, destroyed any chance this team had to build any kind of consistency. And the phrase I would often use is, with consistency comes chemistry, with chemistry comes confidence, with confidence should come results. And now you're seeing that with Atlanta United. Pineda has only had to make, I think, one change to each starting lineup. And sometimes he didn't have to. He just chose. Like, Yakamakis was the only change against Portland from the starting lineup against Charlotte. The only change in the lineup at Charlotte uh, was Sadich in the midfield because of an injury to Huzetu. And you're seeing Atlanta United just dominating opponents because the players – trust each other. They believe in each other. They've had weeks and weeks to play together from the preseason on. Now that's going to stop next week because of the international break and all the players that are going to be gone. 
at seven or eight for Atlanta United. And we'll get into that in the, in the mailbag because we all had some questions about that. But this is the result. And here's Pineda talking about continuity being a factor in the team's play. Number one is uh, always a team effort. Is uh, the players putting everything together in every training session and working together on the field. So today I'm very proud of everyone's hard work and the reward is those moments of brilliance in the final third. But everything starts with good defending, with being for each other, fighting, competing, chasing, pressing, all those little details that I feel that were very important. And yes, obviously continuity and having a full roster helps for that development. Now, just looking at some of the stats real quick, Atlanta had 59.3% of the possession. Hey, and they scored five goals. It's weird how when you have the ball, you can actually score goals. The expected goals was 2.54 to 0.79. Atlanta had 18 shots to Portland's nine, eight on goal to Portland's three. 14 shots from inside the box, which is very un-Atlanta United like last season, but kind of shows what happens when you have a, a striker who's making a lot of movement in the box, which Atlanta United didn't have last year. Atlanta's passing accuracy was 88.7%. Only eight crosses for Atlanta United. That's two consecutive games they had less than 10 crosses, excluding corners. And going down and looking at just chances created, which is always an interesting stat for me uh, because it just shows the attacking intent of the team. We go down Almada with seven. So I think that gives him 13 in the past two games. 16 chances created for Atlanta United, which is really, really good compared to Portland's eight. So pretty interesting stuff, I think. Now, I asked Pineda how Almada can get better, but I said how Tiago can get better, but I think he heard how the team can get better. So here's his answer to that. We are always critical with ourselves and, and, and we will find something for sure. I know it's tough to see because he does many, many good things. Um, but one thing I can share with you is before the game, we were talking about striving for perfection. And uh, if we're striving for perfection, we need to do better in certain situations. We can be more clinical in the final third at times. We can maintain the clean sheet, even though we did a great job at limiting good chances for Portland. We should have gotten the clean sheet tonight, which makes me a little bit upset. But at the same time, it, it, it will keep us grounded because we know there are things to improve. So not just Diago, but everyone will find things, we'll find, uh, things to, to work on the week and, and to do better. If you haven't seen Almada's goal, it is just a, a thing of beauty. It truly is. It was, some people say 32 yards. I think it was more like 35 yards. It was on the left side of the field. Portland had a three-man wall, I think it was, maybe a four-man, and then Atlanta United put another three guys to the side of that. So Portland's goalkeeper had a really difficult time, I think, first seeing the ball. Second, you had Araujo and Almada standing over the ball. Araujo's a left footer, Almada's a right footer. The way that the wall was set up, indicated to me that the goalkeeper thought Arhujo would take it and try to bend it with a left foot around the wall toward the goalkeeper's right. Instead, because of the distance, Almada was able to put just a, a gentle curve on that ball over the Atlanta United portion of the wall, off the right post and in. I don't think the goalkeeper 
because of the wall, because of the distance, and because of Almada's stature, could see the ball until it was almost on top of him. And that's why it was a late reaction, but still, it was perfectly struck. I asked Almada uh, if he's ever hit a free kick that well before, and his simple answer was no. Um, He does practice those. He practiced them on Friday against uh, Clement Jopp, the Atlanta United's, one of Atlanta United's backup goalkeepers. And Almada said he was working on trying to get the goalkeeper to move by moving his eyes. Like, I'm going to look over here to the left and I'm going to shoot to the right. I don't know if the goalkeeper can even see Almada's eyes. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It's got to be a goal of the year. It's the third world-class goal Almada has scored this season after the two against San Jose. But here's Pineda talking about if they practice free kicks from that distance. Not many times. I mean, I don't think he practiced that far. Uh, they they used to practice on both sides of the, of the of the box, and they do that regularly. So I hope uh, they are getting uh, a lot of repetitions, and they continue with that. I always tell them that yes, having good free kick takers, uh, we need to get the fouls. And so we need to be in those dangerous areas. We need to be in the pocket. We need to be dribbling, taking risks. So we get the fouls. And then obviously, yes, I know Thiago is very good. Luis yesterday, he scored a lot of goals as well. Brooks is very good as well. So I think uh, we need to continue with that theme. This is interesting to me because we all saw in previous years, Pitti Martinez would try these and would rarely score. Barco scored a couple, but also would miss a few. But... Almada is just a totally different level than either of those players when taking these free kicks. And so now if you're an Atlanta United opponent in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, if you bunker, you risk giving Almada all these chances to take these types of free kicks or long distance shots, almost like a shooting gallery. But if you try to play against Atlanta United, you're going to risk being ripped apart on the counterattack with all the speed the team has. And while it was 5-1, to one, it could have easily been 9-1. to one. Arahujo missed a chance in the supporters' end that he should have put away. Yurgos missed a chance in the second half. Almada missed a close-range shot uh, off a pass from Yurgos. Uh, Sadich, I think, missed a shot from like 12 yards. They could have easily won this 9-1. to one. It could have been like against New England in 2017. That was 7 to nothing. It was crazy. Now, another little difference that Atlanta United is, is doing this season, at least for the media, and I'm not going to tell you how this started. I'm just going to tell you when it started. It started two weeks ago. The media are now allowed to watch the entirety of the training session. And at the beginning of the session, Nada will walk over to us because he's a nice guy, friendly guy, and tell us this is what we're going to do during the training session. The, these are the drills that we're going to work on. And so I asked him after last night's game, from those drills y'all worked on Tuesday, what did we see against Portland? How did that lead to some of the goals? A little bit. Uh, I mean, we were working uh, on blocking their passes of not allowing uh, the opponent to go through the middle. Uh, immediate transition, if you remember, a little bit of defending in the 3v3 inside a little rondo. And then after that, they have to break out. Um, and uh, and today I felt that especially the first goal, it, it started with good defending. First in the, free, in the corner kick, I think. And then after that, the second ball, Andrew is putting a lot of good effort there to block the crosses. We get the second ball. 
ball, uh, Miles wins the header, and then from there the, the transition moment starts. Uh, we're working a lot in those transition moments because I think we have pace and talented players up front to be good in transition, which is something last year we didn't really do. And, uh, and yeah, so I hope those type of sequences continue happening in every game. Pineda didn't say any names there, but it's pretty clear he was talking about the strikers that were on Atlanta United's team last season, just not having a lot of speed. And that's, you know, that's true of, of Martinez, who is scoreless in four games with Miami. And if you look at Twitter and some Miami supporters, they're starting to wonder what's the deal with this guy. I hope that he's able to come back from from the knee injury. I really do, because he was an electrifying player. But right now, it's just not happening. But switching to back to Tiago and. Here, I asked him the same question I asked Pineda about the health and the potential of this team if the roster can stay mostly intact. I think right now we're very happy that, that almost everyone is healthy, uh, with the exception of Ozzy and, and maybe one or two guys. Um, but we're happy to have everyone back. Uh, and with the arrival of uh, two new number nines, I think they, they're helping us. Um, and, yeah, in terms of... This season, we're, we're happy. And the, the two nines have come in and adapted really well to the team, and we just have to stay on this path. I don't know if that's how Justin translates it or if that's what a lot of Argentinians say, but on this path is a fairly common phrase. Uh, that was the voice of Justin, uh, who translates for uh, some of the Spanish-speaking players on Atlanta United, and Justin does a good job. He's been with the team since almost day one. I can remember meeting him at IMG Academy at the team's first preseason camp down there in the prairies of Bradenton, Florida. So naturally, we had to ask Tiago if he knew the free kick was going to go in. No, but uh, I had confidence because the, the days before in training, I was practicing and hitting the ball well, um, so I had confidence. So Tiago has four goals and four assists in four games, which is just a freaking crazy stat uh, for any player. So... I wanted to know if winning league MVP was a goal. No, the most important thing is the group, always. So um, that's that's what comes first. Uh, and then later, the MLS will decide. Pretty mature answer, I think, from him. With two goals, including the free kick, and two assists, Tiago Almada is now the first player in MLS history to have at least four goals and four assists in his team's first four matches of a season. That's an unbelievable stat, and that comes courtesy of MLS Communications. You can follow them on Twitter at MLS underscore PR. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs. And I'm Ned Ravone. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL.
The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get six months of unlimited digital access to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining. You can get all of our stories on AJC.com, access to our e-paper, and our assortment of newsletters, including Bradley's Buzz from Mark Bradley. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. Now, on to the mailbag. And again, I want to remind y'all, you can call in 770-810-5297. Daniel anxiously awaits your calls. He's very lonely. He needs some, some human voices. So call, just wish him a good day. Ask him how Taco Mac was. Those kind of things. Eric, member of the Get Fresh crew, says, is there a better chant in MLS than the one with which Atlanta fans shower Brad Guzan? He says, I realize the cadence may have been stolen from or inspired by the Roy Kent serenade and Ted Lasso, but I still love it. Now, that chant was done long before Ted Lasso, I believe. But it's a pretty cool chant. And I got to think that... uh Guzan appreciates it. DeBoomful, another member of the Get Fresh crew, says, is that the best team offensive performance we've ever seen from Atlanta? No, there's been some better. I mean, it was good. It was obviously very, you score five goals. It's got to be very good. But there have been some others. I mean, the, the uh, demolition of New England, seven to nothing, comes to mind from 2017. There was some in 2018 which were just unbelievable. The win at Minnesota in the second game in franchise history, it's it's among those. And I guess when you can start to argue about which one was better, that's a pretty good sign for the health of the franchise. He continues, Caleb Wiley, Andrew Gutman, Brooks Lennon, Amir Sadich, Franco Ibarra, all looking great and our defense is solid. Subs look great too. Arahujo, his off-the-ball movement and passing were the story tonight. He's looking way more like a team player that's settled in system and knows what his teammates will do. Here goes, holy smokes, his movement and pressing, absolutely terrifying, so dynamic and aggressive. Almada, honestly, he is looking like one of the best midfielders I've ever seen in any league. He has that messy turn down. The fact that we're still pressing hard, making runs, and pounding in shots after the 90th minute has to be disheartening for any opponent. All right. A lot of comments from DeBoonful. On to Carlos, not Bocanegra. Another Carlos. Do you think Gonzalo is going to be the first coach that can keep the momentum going for the team during and after the international break? In the past, it felt like the international break would always ruin the team's momentum and it would struggle to get it back up. Well, that's usually because somebody would come back hurt. Whether it was Joseph, whether it was Barco, whether it was Miles, somebody would always come back hurt. So if the guys don't come back hurt, yes, I think they'll be fine. But the team is going to be missing, and this is off the top of my head, for next week's game at Columbus. Your ghost got called up by Greece. Etienne got called up by Haiti. Wiley had gotten called up by the U.S. for the under-20s, but that got turned down, so Wiley will still be with the team. Robinson got called up by the U.S. Almada got called up by Argentina. Abram got called up by Peru. Chol got called up by South Sudan. That's seven players. And I think there's one more. So that's a lot, and we're going to get into who I think will fill in in another question. But Carlos continues, is Atlanta United back? Well, it's getting there. Again, let's get to 10 games, and let's see what the team's record is and how it's playing, and then we can start to make some more 
definitive decisions. If Tiago keeps playing like this, how can the front office con- convince him to stay the full season and not leave during the summer? Well, they can't. Well, they could. Um, I mean, if Tiago wants to win an MLS Cup, he could stay. But at the same time, if it's an offer from a team that he truly thinks he can succeed with and get minutes with and it's a good offer, it would be wrong for all parties to say, no, we can't do that. When Tiago gets sold, do you think the team will replace him with another young rising star or will they go for a slightly older established veteran? Hmm. Well, I think it depends upon when the transfer happens. So let's say it happens this summer and Atlanta United is playing very well and is an MLS Cup contender. I think you might see the team just go with an established veteran, not as a DP, but just as a TAM signing or something, because they will get some money back from the sale. I'd have to go back and read the rules as to how much they can use to spend on a new player and then replace them with someone else uh, in the winter break. Tim, another member of the Get Fresh crew, what was the pronunciation of the tactic active defending in Spanish? You, I couldn't even begin. But Pineda desperately wants another phrase instead of acting active defending. He does not like that phrase. So if you have a better one, feel free to send it my way and I'll send it his way. So active defending is means that even when Atlanta United is attacking, the players are have situational awareness to know that like if Gutman is is sprinting down the field, somebody has to be aware, oh, there's a large gap between Gutman and let's say Robinson or Abara uh, on that right side. And so someone needs to either get over there or monitor that space in case there's a turnover and the opponent tries to hit a switch or, or a, just a pass up field. So it's that kind of thing. It's making sure that all gaps may not have to be filled, but they are accounted for. And someone has responsibility for getting there if there's a counterattack. And he says, we're still waiting to hear what episode of Law and Order you think would hook us into fandom. So there's a lot, and I've actually been researching this. One that, that's pretty good, Indifference Season 1, is is really good. It's about parental abuse. Another fantastic one is, um, is called Aftershock, in which uh, the main characters witness a, an execution. It was a state-mandated execution. And then kind of freak out a little bit in their own particular ways. Uh, it's the first time that you the show really kind of takes this type of a narrative. It's not so much a, a crime-based narrative. This is more of a personalized narrative to the two detectives and the DA and the ADA. Uh, but it's a pretty heart-gripping story. Of course, I've told you about Mushrooms, which is another fantastic episode that uh, you might want to watch. Uh, Identity is is another really good episode. Anyway, I don't want to break them all down for you, but, you know, turn on the TV during the day and you're going to find a law and order. Adam says, assuming you'll address Portland's overturned goal in your breakdown. So, yeah, here we go. So, early in the game, I think it was the third minute, Atlanta United had trouble getting out of its half of the ball. The ball comes to Eric Williamson, who is about 22 yards from goal, somewhat in the center of the pitch. Franco Ibarra takes a lunging jump at him, uh, and the, he just kind of, Ibarra goes by. Williamson waits for the ball to bounce, 
lashes a shot, just a fantastic shot. Kind of like Almada's goes off the almost off the right upright and into the goal. Brad Guzan had no chance to save it. It was ruled a goal. However, Ted Uncle was being talked to by the um, VAR. Uncle went over, looked at the monitor, and realized that Portland's uh, center forward, I think it was Nizgoda, was standing in an offside position, blocking Guzan's vision of the shot, and the shot fizzed right past him. So he did interfere with Guzan's sightline, who did interfere with an ability to make a clean save of, or attempt a clean save of the ball. Goal was overturned, went back to 0-0. Zero, zero. We've seen this happen against Atlanta United, too. We've seen this happen. We've seen Guzan get up and after a goal and go to the referees and pointing to his eyes as if he was interfered with and the goal standing. So, you know, like I said, after week two, when Jurgis's goal got called back uh, for offside against Toronto, uh, incorrectly, in my opinion, it all balances out over the course of the season. So now you're starting to see that a little bit. Adam says, please tell me that Atlanta is already chopping for Almada's replacement because even if he stays the full season, I can't see him here in 24. To wit, how much less money would Atlanta take for Almada if he sold in the summer but retained through the season? You know, I haven't really thought about that. I guess that could be part of the negotiation. Go ahead and sell his rights this summer and he stays with the team until it's done and then he joins the new team. That's an interesting tactic. I don't think they have to take less money, but there would have to be some major insurance clauses, I would think. Adam says, given the display shown from Hazetu to date, thoughts on Sadich as a starter. Hazetu has had a f- two good games before he suffered his hamstring injury. Scored a goal, had three shots on goal against Toronto. Much different player. So it's almost like you can't compare this Hazetu to the previous couple of seasons. Now, having said that, you do have to take into account gravity. Will Huzetu become the player that we've gotten used to seeing, or will he continue to be Huzetu 2.0? I've been a fan of Sadich since he arrived. I think that he and Sosa had a great partnership last season. I think kind of like Hyman, he finds good pockets of space and he gets the ball going. He's a smart player. I know Pineda, you know, compliments him quite consistently whenever he's asked about him. So we'll see. Derek says, what's your take on Pineda's style of management? And do you think Mexican teams will come looking if he keeps improving as a manager? Pineda is, a, I think, a player's manager. He can be tough, but he does try to maintain some consistency, which more than anything, players want that. Consistency and communication. Don't jerk me around. Don't tell me one thing and do another. And Pineda doesn't do that. I think it would have to be one of the big Mexican teams for Pineda to even consider leaving. He's lived in the U.S. now for eight years, I guess. The past eight years, since 15, 16, I think it would be tough for him to leave. His family's here. His kids are, have grown up here. So it would have to be it would have to be a big club. It would have to be a club that has shown it has some stability with its managers. And <clears throat> I know Atlanta United hasn't shown that, but the big clubs in Mexico also, some of them haven't shown that either. Dave says, I'm really happy with the game tonight. Who do you think will fill in for all the players being called up next week? So, I think you'll see Miguel Barry for Yurgos, assuming Barry trains well. Wiley will continue to start at left wing, so no worries about Etienne there. Wolf or Chol can come in and play at that position. The big question, of course, is Almada. I have no idea who can fill in for Almada. 
I assume it'll be Sadich. It wouldn't surprise me if they try Arahujo there simply because of his speed with the ball and his dribbling ability. He's the closest to Almada in that regard that the team has. And then you start Wolf or Chal on the other wing. or uh, Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Ronald Hernandez also got caught up by Venezuela, so you don't have him as a backup at fullback. You'll see uh, Parata and Noah Cobb or Parata and Andrew Gutman as the center backs next week. So that's who I think was going to fill in. Chance, member of the Get Fresh crew, says, after I take a coffee sip. And again, a bag of Doug Coffee is going for an international roster slot. All you have to do is call Daniel and say, I want a bag of Doug Coffee. And Daniel will take care of it because I think I filled up his garage with bags of roasted beans. I found a video on YouTube on how to make coffee, and I think I did it right. So it's probably going to be the best coffee you've ever tasted. I mean, better than a French press, better than anything in Italy, uh, than in New York. Anywhere you've ever been, this will be the best coffee you've ever had. I, I roasted the beans for like 72 hours. I think that's what it said on like 200. And it's beans I just kind of found around on the ground outside. So it's going to be a really good, really good cup of coffee. So Chance says, we all foresee Almada going for a big price tag, but how with how Wiley and Arujo are also playing, what are the chances that clubs from Europe start looking at them too? I don't think you're going to see Arujo go back to Europe. He's been there, done that. Wiley will, I think, eventually end up in Europe. And I hope that Atlanta United has learned a little something from what's happening with George Bellow, unfortunately, uh, going to a team that did get relegated, uh, Armenia, Bielfeld, and Germany is in the two Bundesliga and might get relegated again down to the three Bundesliga. I don't get to watch a lot of their games. I have no idea if Bello is improving as a player. He's not really mentioned for the U.S. anymore as a left back, and he did get a call up before he left. So I hope that the team has learned a little bit from that. And and uh, I mean, not to say that this is the team's fault. I have no idea. I mean, Bello had a choice. He could have gone to, I think it was Watford or Armenia Belfeld, and he went to Germany to play for a coach who subsequently got fired a few weeks after he arrived. That's another thing. Uh, you know, if you have a high school uh, student who's a fantastic athlete and is being recruited to play a sport, and they tell you, I want to go there because of the coach, please tell them, no, coaches don't stay. Most coaches, most, not all, have very little What's the word I'm looking for? Patience when it comes to staying at a place if they get a better offer from somewhere else. So go for the education. Go for the environment. Go for the social scene. Go for the majors. Don't go for the coach. Chance continues, if you have a projection of what they might go for, where would you like to see them play and what would the club look like with all that money but losing all that talent? I I really don't know. I think, I mean, I think I'm, MLS is a physical league. I think Almada would do well in a, in a league that's not maybe as physical. Going to a place like Monaco in France that develops young players, I think would be great. You want to say Holland, but I don't think – I'd have to go back and look. I don't know how many teams from Holland spend, let's say, $30 million on a player. I just don't see that. You don't want to see him going to a team like Chelsea that just buys young players and loans them out, loans them out, loans them out, never develops them. Man City, who I can't think of a young player that they've developed. Uh, I know there's a couple on the team right now, but let's just give them some patience on on that uh, to see how they develop. And it'll be interesting. Wiley, 
because he can play left wing, he can play left back, and he's already he's a good sized dude. He could go anywhere and play. It's just you know keeping his confidence up, making sure he's engaged. He's a smart young man too. Um, so I mean, any of the leagues I think would suit him. Chance continues. I appreciate your good work, Ren, who is a dude. He told me on Twitter because I wasn't sure with the name. He's also a member of the Get Fresh crew. I'm not sure if this is something you'll know, but when I watch on TV, I almost always hear the thunk when the ball is kicked. Is that real or a digitally added sound effect? Huh. I've never thought about that. They do have microphones on the, you know, people holding boom mics around the field. So I assume it's live. I I assume it's not a uh, bird calls at the Masters or whatever it was thing where you were hearing birds and people who are ornithologists realized that's not that bird is not native to the south that is a piped in bird sound so i assume it's live but that's pretty interesting i'll have to try to ask somebody he continues you said consistency will bring results man doug you nailed it well thanks wally almada arahujo tank it's Gigi. Uh, W-A-A-T is the acronym he's given, as in what happened. It's exactly what Portland's got to be thinking. I think we're back. Well, you know, again, 10, 10 games. Let's get to 10 games. Mike says, thanks for the amazing pods. Thank you. Amazing atmosphere at the game tonight. It was. That's another cool thing is since they removed the glass in, in the press box at Mercedes-Benz, we get a much better sense of the atmosphere than we ever could before. So big thanks to Brett Jukes. And uh, Steve Cannon and all the guys at AMBSC and Mercedes-Benz for making that happen. Tell me why we aren't winning the league. Well, because there's a lot of other teams and they're all really good. Some of them are really good and they're all trying to win too. That's why. And, you know, luck. Doug says, with Etienne here and backing Wiley, is it possible that both Almada and Wiley get sold this summer? Well, again, it depends upon if the team gets offers how much the offers, and if the player wants to leave. If all three line up, then yeah, they could. If they don't, they won't. I mean, I don't mean to simplify it, but it really comes down to that. Let's say uh, I'm just going to make up. Let's say Crystal Palace, because they're on TV behind me now, comes to Atlanta United and says, we'll give you $20 million for Tiago. Well, if you're Tiago, do you want to go to Crystal Palace? $20 $20 million is a lot of money, but do you want to go there? I don't know. I think I might hold out and see if I could get a better offer. Now, if you're Caleb Wiley and Crystal Palace says, we'll give you $10 million and you know we'll give Wiley $4 million annually in salary to come to Crystal Palace, Wiley might have to say, yeah, that's, that's a pretty good offer. But we'll see. Now, it's time for our email of the week from Kyle. <laughs> He says, I've learned a lot from your coverage of Atlanta United. Thanks. To which I say thank you. He says, I didn't even follow soccer until United. I still mostly just follow United, but I've learned a lot from your stuff. My partner and I are now season ticket holders. Thanks. Thank you, Kyle. That's one of the nicest compliments I think that a journalist can get. I appreciate you taking the time to send that to me. Like the fact that you're enjoying soccer, and I hope that I'm able to help you enjoy it a little bit more. And I hope you'll also consider following the coverage provided by all the other outlets who uh, write or or pod or talk about Atlanta United. And there's a lot of them out there. 
Tyler and his gang and John and Jason and, and their gang and Henry and just there's a lot of them. Marcel. So follow them. Enjoy the sport. Hopefully you'll continue to see some goals here because writing about five goals is a lot more fun than writing about no or one goals, which is what I've had to do for most of the past three seasons. All right. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Doug Robertson. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. As always, hug your loved ones, communicate with your loved ones. Y'all take care.